wait, I need to tell you what fucking happened on Sunday. What? Someone broke into my car and stole the airbag out of my steering wheel. <laughs> Only the airbag? They did it to five Hondas. They broke the passenger window, crawled through, just took out the center thing of my steering wheel, like the horn and the airbag. Just that. That was it? Yeah. Apparently it's a huge thing in this area right now stealing that they go for like 500 to 200 or 50 to 200 dollars on the black market says sharon and a thousand dollars at a dealership although you can't just like be like hey i have this airbag can i sell it to you i don't think that's how it works but you can make apparently a couple hundred bucks huh yeah so we had to like call but the worst part was it was like we had to get simply safe not simply safe safe flight to come out and replace the window that happened today and then yeah. tomorrow they're gonna tow it to the dealership so we had to, to get put the towing the yeah, yeah and then on thursday morning they're doing the airbag so we had to work with state farm to, and we just switched to state farm we had geico um and now we have state farm because it's like cheaper and better um but we had to be like okay we need you to call one a window repair place two a towing company and three the dealership and we were just like please help us <laughs> they did they yeah. made all the appointments for us which was really nice and they're gonna send all the um, paperwork and it can all be like direct billed to state farm so we oh, don't actually have nice. to do anything yeah so that's like the nice part of least. but my car is undrivable. i mean it's drivable, but without an airbag in the, like, steering wheel. In the one place you would really need an airbag, yeah. Yeah, you can't drive it. So, which sucks, because I'm going out Thursday night. So <laughs> I, like, need them to put in the airbag in a reasonable amount of time, come back, do my work on Thursday, and then go out to see Midsummer Night's Dream. <laughs> And then come home again and fucking crash, which is why I was like, Friday afternoon, we can record the next yeah. episode, because it's going to be a rough one on Thursday. It's going to be a rough time. Yeah. What, yeah? It's been, a, it's been a week, huh? It's certainly been a week. Um, Is that our intro? Is that intro talking about the ridiculousness of my fucking car getting broken into? Isn't that wild? That is really wild. I think it's very funny that it's just the... Just the window and the steering wheel. Just the steering wheel airbag. I think that yeah. is very funny. That's such a low crime. They didn't even... Like, I feel like it would have been easier to just take everyone's steering wheel. Take, like, the whole wheel and then deconstruct yeah. it later. Yeah. Yeah. No. No, That's where didn't... my brain would have gone. Right, because it just comes off. So why did they just take it? And maybe they didn't have a big enough bag. But it was five cars, E. Five is a lot of cars to steal the same item out of. Five cars. It's just... Yeah, I got fucking nothing, dude. My brain is absolutely <laughs> fried. I like had to get something out of my car and I saw that the cop was there. So I was like, this is a perfect time to go see why a cop is parked next to my car. 
So I went out and I was like trying to be casual while he was talking to someone. And then I opened my driver's door, saw glass everywhere, looked up at the empty window and was like, what the fuck? And I look <laughs> over and the cop and the woman he's talking to are both just like nodding like, yeah. You and too? I, yeah. And then I look to my left and there's like five people sitting on the grass and they're all like, yeah, us too. <laughs> and I was like, wow. And then I looked down and realized that the center of my fucking steering wheel is missing. And I was just like, whoa, what? And he didn't, they took nothing else out of these people's car. I don't have anything of value in my car um, because I don't obviously don't live in a great neighborhood, but they didn't take anything out of anyone's car. They just, it was window, middle, steering wheel, airbag, gone. Next car. And I was just like, I hate you, sir. <laughs> like, that is so, that's like clown crime to me. It's just, it's real clown crime. <laughs> It feels pointed. It feels spiteful. <laughs> it feels targeted. <laughs> like Only Hondas. And it was literally like I parked on the side of the road, like street parking. And it was like Honda that got broken into, Toyota that did not get touched. My Honda that got broken into, the Honda in front of me that got broken into, two Toyotas that didn't get touched, and then a Honda in the front that got broken into. Somebody has a Honda hookup, honestly. What they, the fuck? They know, I guess, where to sell that good, good Honda airbag steering wheel parts. Like, what the fuck? It's just <laughs> rude. And then I can't drive it to the dealership. The window needs to be replaced. The guy was like, yeah, I put a couple holes at the bottom of your door so that the, all the glass that fell inside your car door could come out over time. So I'm just going to be shedding glass every time I open and close my passenger door for the next who the fuck knows how long. <laughs> I'm just, it's rude and it's mean and it's not very nice. Crime usually isn't very nice. Uh, this feels so, my first thought was like, what is somebody trying to build with like five, five airbags? Like, <laughs> <laughs> they were joking. You could make a bouncy castle out of it. Like, yeah, like, what do you need five airbags for? Like, what's the purpose? And Sherry, Can we brainstorm? Can we brainstorm what the purpose of having five Honda airbags is? Yeah, sure. Um, Can I say? Yeah. Comeback of moon shoes. But with Honda moon airbags. Moonshoes. Do you airbags remember are, this? Airbags are big, though, right? Yeah, you only need one for both feet. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's for potato sack racing. Ooh, I dig that too. This just really makes me think of, you remember in Person of Interest in, what was it, season four or five, when they made a supercomputer out of PS3s? <laughs> PS4s, yeah. PS4s, sorry. It, it, this feels like the clown equivalent of that. I was Like, just they say, really needed <laughs> just, like, five Honda airbags. <laughs> maybe they needed to make a parachute. Ooh, it's D.B. Cooper. The, the Honda airbags are good for parachuting although counterpoint i have a honda i received a uh recall notice earlier this year for my airbags so i don't think honda airbags are that high quality <laughs> i'm so sorry but i don't think they're that quality you know what i mean 
I haven't gotten in an accident to need them. You know, I hope I never do, but I would like them to be there. Just I I would case. like them to be there, just like, just you know, because we're just besties. Me and this, me and my airbag are besties, but we <laughs> me don't and talk. my life. Me and my life enjoy spending time together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. And Sharon was like, "What garage is gonna buy clearly stolen airbags?" And I was like, "Most of them, probably. <laughs> probably <laughs> don't ask, a don't lot tell, etc." Yeah. Okay. Well. Beep beep incoming. It's the intro song. It's the theme song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to play the intro song. It's just going to be you laughing and then cut to, hey, B. There's actual tears coming out of me. <laughs> I'm good. I'm okay. You like that? I think you liked that. That was a good goof. That was a good Thanks. goof. <laughs> oh fuck! I don't know. My spreadsheet opened. Shit, James is my one job, and I didn't do it. Wait a second. You have one job now, and it's the spreadsheet and to show up. That's two jobs. To show up with a spreadsheet, one job. There you go. All right, my spreadsheet's open. We can finally start the episode. I have literal tears in my eyes. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Oh, fuck, that's funny. Oh, hey there, heebie-jeebies. How's it going? James, it's going really well. It would go even better if we could talk about a really good episode of Criminal Minds. Oh, do you have one in mind? Yeah, I was thinking maybe season two, episode 21, open season. Oh my god, I love that show, and I have just the place we can talk about it. Here, on our podcast, Wheels Up. Right here. Wow, you right arrived. Here. We're, we're, I'm already in the space. That This is a new experience. I'm here early. Dear listeners, we are here today in the studio in the sky. <laughs> Wheels up our Come Into Minds podcast. And we are going to be talking about season two, episode 21, open season. AKA the one where Emily looks incredible the entire episode and then disassociates at the end from sadness. Her hair is so shiny this episode. Ugh. It really kept distracting me. I felt like... <laughs> okay. Yeah. And for what? She looked so good this episode. And for what? To be traipsing around in the forest? And for what? <laughs> okay. There's a couple of things we need to talk about that are in the episode but unrelated. So let's just stick them here up here in the front. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just get them out here at the top. JJ and Penelope invited her out to the bar. Okay? Yeah. JJ yeah. shows up, like, jeans, sweater, headband, whatever. Penelope shows up in, like, casual dress, her usual thing. 
Emily shows up looking like the hottest woman on the planet. Low-cut dress, tight, mid-thighs, necklace to draw attention to her neck and her collarbones, hair curls, perfect makeup. Like, she showed up and went, this is a date, right? She was fully expecting, she was expecting a date. Or she just, she has no concept of casual night. Yeah, she has no like casual, like, hey, do you want to go to the bar and have a couple of beers? And she's like, sure. Yeah, I have time to go to the hair salon. Like, yeah, I imagine JJ and Penelope show up and they're like, you know, this is just like ziggy's right we've been here before with the team and emily's like yes and i wore a very nice shirt the last time and they're like (laughs) yeah i guess you did didn't you okay well you know (laughs) i also just think emily has no clothes with a label that's like under ten thousand (laughs) dollars like she just everything she owns even if it's very like a basic is one of those like t-shirts that costs like $300 like that's her that's her look she also definitely like sleeps in pajama sets she always has like matching bra and underwear she has house clothes street clothes work clothes Mm -hmm. meeting clothes fancy event clothes you know like we never see emily in like sweatpants we see everybody else in their house clothes eventually like we see hotch in like shorts and a t-shirt we see penelope just in like t-shirt and like leggings we see jj in workout clothes the closest we come with emily is like jeans a poncho (laughs) yeah like she's never just casual in season three hot shows up at her door and she's wearing like a dress shirt and jeans and heeled boots alone in her house <laughs> like she has no chill <laughs> no zero casual. chill yeah so nothing of the sort that's the first thing to talk about about emily this episode the she's second so she's so fucking hot okay and then the second is how she did sleep with that ranger, though. Oh, for sure. There were some vibes going on with that ranger and Lizzie Evans. Yeah, and there's a moment where Gideon's like, you need to use all of your hunter instincts. And then Emily and the ranger just make eye contact before walking (laughs) off. I was like, oh, okay. Cool. Okay. Nice. Wow. The hunter instincts are the same as the gay instincts. It's the instinct that you, <laughs> that you hone to like find the other queer person in a room full of oh, straight yeah. people. It's like that instinct it's where like, you're like, hmm, you're just wearing like regular clothes, but there's something about the way you're standing. You're yeah. safe to me. You're the my ra- person now. The ranger is like, there's a bear five meters that way <laughs> and a gay standing right next to me. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So She's like, I'm true. very adept at spotting bears and dikes and fems. The whole nine yards, truly. <laughs> like Bears, otters, twinks, butches. I can spot all of them. <laughs> anyway, I think those are my two things. I have some notes. Um, I also have a very sad note for later. 
you're gonna be like, oh dang. Anyway, I do, I do believe they slept together this episode, and no one can take that from me. For sure, that's why Emily's the only well-rested one on the jet. She got energized by all the gay sex. <laughs> <laughs> she had a really Everybody good sleep. else just like conked the fuck out. She took like a twenty-minute rally power nap before round four. <laughs> She's good to go. Like, oh, God. <laughs> I'm she sorry. A, she has that like blue fleece pullover yeah. sweater. Yeah. Disgusting. But it's exactly the kind of like rich dad pullover Emily would have. It's exactly the kind of like rich lesbian with bad taste pullover. Yeah. Like that's it. That's how you like, describe Emily's t- fashion. Like Emily's outfit says I do have a Range Rover. I For do. Sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I do have a Mercedes SUV, you know, for camping. Like, oh, the other thing I was going to say. Sorry. The whole thing about Emily's grandfather retiring to a cabin and she's like, I spent every minute that I was in France in this cabin in the woods with no electricity and running water and everything was taken off the land. I'm a woodsy girl. Bitch, that was so out of left field. I completely forgot about that. And it completely. never comes up again. Like in never what again. In what world is Emily like an outdoors gay? None. None. Absolutely none. Absolutely none. It's hilarious. And then Gideon is like, you're you're familiar with the woods, right? And she's like, yes, sir. And it's like, no, don't lie. You're lying. <laughs> nice try. So I like this first scene. You get like the calm forest and like the hunters are having a good time. And you like see the deer and you're like, oh, they're hunting deer. Cool. And then it keeps cutting to, like, this man running with intense music. And he's, like, bleeding and terrified. And you're, and you're like, oh, the hunters are going to find him and help him. Um, no. You know, the, no. Guy miss, the guy misses the shot. And it's like, ah. And then the brother shoots two shots. And it's just, like, the human. Oh, my God. Wait. Can we talk about how terrible the people getting shot with arrows is? It's like it's so B movie like horror. Uh, they like shoot the arrow and then the person goes, Hooah! and then it's Hooah! like cut, cut, and then they just have an arrow in them. You hear the like thunk foley effect of someone just shooting a like straw stuffed target. Every time I was like, what the fuck? You can't give me anything. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like with a bullet, no one can see the bullet, so you can just be like. Ah, my shoulder but with an arrow it's like <laughs> that arrow has to come through i guess i don't know it was just bad bad effects sorry criminal minds okay that reminds me that like the person who does special effects for criminal minds got their start on B horror movies yeah like this is one of those moments where it's like oh yeah okay Honestly, learning that just made so much about the show make sense. The fact that so many people started on B-horror movies. Yeah. 
like the humor of it, the effects, the fact that we all know it's shitty, but we're having a great time. Like it makes a lot of sense that Criminal Minds is made by Criminal Minds is a B horror show. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it really and, is. Yeah, and thinking about it like that instead of necessarily like a cop procedural makes it a lot more fun. <laughs> okay. Yeah, true. So yeah, so we see the brothers shoot the guy and they take the arrows and they're like horsing around and they're like pretending to stab each other with like the bloody arrows. Boys uh, will be boys. <laughs> or I something. guess. Or something. Okay. JJ, Penelope, and Emily are at this bar. They're at Ziggy's. Okay. Em Penelope is like, wow, she's already talking to a guy. And JJ goes, I mean, look at her. Like, okay, gay. <laughs> okay, lesbian. Yeah. JJ's like, look at her. She's hot. She's dressed like that. She broke off from the pack. And then she starts bringing this guy back. And there, Penelope's like, oh, it must be serious. And I'm just like, what if Emily is like, I'll come out with you guys, dresses like a sex pot goddess, is like, I'll get a strings, goes to the bar, and comes back just with a guy and is like, okay, bye. Like. <laughs> it's did, just such a wild, like, I don't know where Penelope's mind was there, but like. I mean, JJ Penelope, you're like, Emily is so hot. I thought we were on a date, but like, I guess she's. I guess not. I guess she's into guys. Um, no, she's into destroying men with her girlfriend. She's into roasting this dude from the inside out. This makes me laugh so hard. I mean, everyone loves this scene, right? We all love a good, like, this, this is, is like bad, a real FBI agent, you know? This is like the criminal mind scene that people think of. Like, yeah. this is the scene. Oh, yeah. I saw so many gifts of Garcia being like, Quantico, before yeah. I even, like, you know, um, watch the show but i just like love emily meets this guy he feeds her some line about how he's an fbi agent and her first thought is oh <laughs> we can tear this guy to shreds you know i bet jj and penelope would have a great time wrecking this man's whole shit and it's like come back with me to the table and he like, she like brings him back to the table so she brings him back and both of the and JJ Penelope are like, hey, hi. And then Emily looks at them and goes, This is Brad, a real FBI agent. And immediately JJ and Penelope look at Emily, look at Brad, and like sit up straight. <laughs> They're both like, Yeah. Oh, you brought us some prey. I see. <laughs> this feels like a very hunter-gatherer type of like Literally. I am the hunter for my wives going to bring them fresh men to <laughs> A fucking eviscerate. Eviscerate. Like, they cut that man's dick off. This is like a cat bringing you a dead mouse because it loves you. Like, this yeah. is Emily going, oh, my... JJ and Penelope would love yeah. roasting you. Why don't you come back to the table? Like, and the fact, the fact that they immediately, like, get flirty and JJ's all like, so what department are you in? And Penelope's like, what's it like at Quantico? They immediately are like, oh, I get it. And turn on their, like, hot girl bullshit and i love them for that it is very fun to witness the change in their like behavior because it's so good 
it's so fucking good it's for them to so suddenly good. be like oh wow <laughs> like before fun. jj's just like sadly eating peanuts and now she's like oh like it's so, so funny She's like flirtily eating peanuts, and at one point she's like, "Is it hard keeping all those secrets?" And then like winks at Emily, you know. And he's, what does he say? He's like, "It's part of the job. A carpenter has like building skills, and an FBI agent is good at keeping secrets and kicking criminal ass." And JJ's whole face is just like, "I would like to shoot this man." Like her fucking eyebrows shoot up. Like, okay. <laughs> It's also so funny, like, from the lens of, like, yes, it's funny that they're, like, roasting this man alive, but also, like, as profilers, it's so funny that they immediately switch into the the mood that's gonna get this guy in. Like, they're like, oh, Oh, yeah. Like, ladies, we all have this, we all know (laughs) this, like, change they went through, right? Like, we all understand this. You sit up a little bit straighter, you lean a little farther forward just to show off your boobs, and, like, you go. Like, it's just so funny to me. All the time. I never had, like, dollars for the vending machine in school, so I'd go to the vending machine, and I'd, like, (sighs) and someone, like, a guy would come up and be like, what's wrong? And I'd be like, I really want a snack, but I don't have any money. And he's like, oh, I can give you a dollar. And I'm like, oh my god, really? Thank you. And then I would just take it and buy my second leave. You know, we all got it. <laughs> we all got it. I would always be like, the, doll- the vending machine ain't my dollar. Do you have another one? I'll pay you back. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and then never pay him back. God. Yeah. Anyway, this seems very good. It's so good. Also, my question is always like, from a logical perspective, you know, he doesn't have a badge, right? He's like, oh, that's... She's like, Emily goes, oh, can we see it? you know, your badge. And he's like, oh, it's it's classified. And I was like, how many, do girls just fall for this? Like, yeah. point blank? Like, no one has ever asked to see your FBI badge. Also, FBI agents, like, you know, just from TV, they show their badges around all the time. They flash their badges all the time. Anyway, I just think it's really funny where Emily just goes, tell me, Brad, does it look anything like this? And then one by one, they're like, or this? Or maybe this. And they're like, oh, so they're badges. And he just, like, walks away. And Emily immediately starts, like, flapping her hands in excitement, laughing. Um, And JJ just goes, poor little ass. <laughs> and then her phone rings. <laughs> and she's like, Agent Jarreau. Okay. Penelope says, I am so blogging about this later. You are officially in my top eight. And I'm just like, God, what my does MySpace, Pen- MySpace, MySpace, MySpace. <laughs> What does Penelope's MySpace look like? What does Emily's MySpace look like? Because in order to be in someone's top eight, you have to already be MySpace friends with them. Mm-hmm. So Emily and Penelope have already connected MySpaces, become friends on MySpace. Yeah. I think Penelope's MySpace page looks like an abomination from god himself <laughs> it is colors it is sounds it is little it's, gifts it's a phantasmagoria it's like, tiled moving gifts yeah so you yeah. like have to watch eighty thousand like someone like spinning out their drink in a tile over and over again autoplay music for sure yeah she's got the message boards She's got all every widget you can have, you know, and then just like a bunch of pictures of herself 
up high angle at her desk. The same, it's like the same picture, but different outfits, different days, you know? Yeah. Emily's is like black. It's matte black. Very simple. Maybe music plays. It's like a soft rock, you know, like a lounge music. Oh, okay. Like rock and roll kind of quiet lounge music. Like if you were at a restaurant and you're like, oh, this brand's, you know, pretty good, but it's not loud enough to distract from talking. Like that's Emily's music choice. She does have like a message board, but her page is definitely like friends only. Mm-hmm. And she has like 10 of them, you know? And the pictures are all like pictures of landscapes, photos of from the plane, like sunsets. <laughs> no pictures of herself. <laughs> Unless she looks really good that day. Unless she looks so hot that day, you guys. Yeah. I can't remember if MySpace had like a wall where you made posts or if it was just like chatting with your friends i barely there had to have been some posting wall i never used myspace yeah i like barely used it and then so in season four or no season five when jordan is there jordan makes some comment about facebook and emily's like oh my god you have a facebook we should friend each other and they're like oh yeah we will be friends on facebook Emily, wait, Emily, secret social media influencer AU? Because, like, this is kind of what it sounds like, Stop actually. It. No. Emily is like a, Emily's like, um, like a fashion blogger. She does, She's... like, hauls and, like, makeup looks. It's yeah. all, like, expensive photos of her in, like, cute outfits in front of the jet, but it's, like, the BAU jet. But she's like this. Here's my jet, my private jet. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was also just gonna say, like, she has Emily already has the exact aesthetic of like every like Instagram lesbian milf. Like, I think, oh my god, she could work it if she like played it up. I think she could work it. Emily, you know what I bet? I bet Emily doesn't have her age anywhere. Oh, for sure not. Like that's you know because she's thirty five. She's not that old, but. She doesn't have her age anywhere, and she lets people think she's, like, 29, you know? And she's, like, it's all, like, got brunch, and it's, like, a very fancy-looking, like, brunch. And then it's, like, I made this spread for myself, charcuterie. And then it's, like, (laughs) pictures in dressing rooms of, like, this dress or this dress. But, like, tits out. Both of them were tits out. Like, I'm going out with my friends tonight. What do we think about this little black dress? Do you think my hair looks good, guys? Here's how I did my makeup. Get ready with me. You know? <laughs> 3 a.m. She's getting called into the BAU, but she's like, fuck, I promised I'd film this. Get ready with me. Uh, <laughs> it's like 3 a.m. And she's like dog ass tired doing <laughs> her makeup. Emily. Okay. Emily's one of those beauty influencers. She has a YouTube channel. And yeah. she's one of those beauty influencers that goes from looking like you know, normal, pretty human, but clearly, like, tired to, like, unrecognizably gorgeous. Like, too pretty. Yeah, yeah, You know, like, exactly. you see pictures of, like, the finished look, and you're like, you're not a human. You're, like, AI-generated because you're so pretty. <laughs> That's, like, you're Emily. You're an AI-generated influencer. Yeah, but she talks about, she, while she doesn't get readies with me, she talk talks about, like, diet culture, 
and like being a woman in the workplace like it's all very like inspiring like stuff oh my god okay but the fic would be her like she like has a crush on jj obviously and so her get ready with me's start being like so the other day my coworker invited me to the bar and she's like <laughs> story time <laughs> she's yeah. asking story times about jj um but then jj is also an influencer but she's like a fitness influencer you know and but like faceless like she never shows her face so it's just like muscle pics protein shakes like meal planning all this kind of stuff like in a healthy way so emily starts talking about like you know the only really the only fitness influencer i follow is you know blondie blackbird or whatever and (laughs) i think she's so cool the way she talks about food is great like all this kind of stuff and they eventually like find each other's page but emily shows her face and jj doesn't so jj's like has the advantage jj's like so (laughs) you were talking about this fitness influencer you must like strong blondes you know but then it's like anyway i love that we just diverted to plain a fic we've been talking for like 45 minutes (laughs) Well, literally on um, the second scene of the episode. They haven't even gotten all into the office yet. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You started but, this whole fit conversation. So. Sorry, I just thought she'd make a great social media influencer. Whatever. God. <laughs> can't say shit. Women truly <laughs> can't say shit these days. God. Stop that. <laughs> God forbid women do anything. Oh. <laughs> Sorry that I'm enforcing the patriarchy on <laughs> by making me talk about a thing I willingly brought up. God, by making you talk about lesbian use. How dare I? <laughs> okay. Oh, this is one of those moments that I'm like, what if they were already drunk? Like they had all just had one sip of their drink, but clearly they were like going to be Gonna drinking. Get drunk. Yeah. yeah, and then and then they go. Okay, Emily is. I mean tits out for sure tits out and so she goes into the office jj penelope look normal everyone else looks normal and then emily comes in in her heels and her tiny dress and her tits out and just sits there talking about the case like how is everyone not like don't look don't look (laughs) everybody's trying so hard not to look at emily that's the part of their internal struggles we don't see it's literally like she's at the table, boob level, boobs yeah. out, looking at her paper, like, talking. Like, how's everybody not, like, eye contact, eye contact, eye contact? <laughs> so The funny. thing you don't see is, like, Reed and Morgan having that, like, moment where they're both trying really hard not to look <laughs> at Emily, and they both just stare at each other instead. Like, you don't see that moment. Reed is just, like, looking at the ceiling. Like <laughs> yeah, he's fully just looking away, even though he's gay. Like he's like, I just can't. This just feels wrong emotionally <laughs> I, to look I at her. So look at I, them. I, I can't. Like yeah. Yes. And then Hotch is like, okay, I knew her when she was twenty-one, a child. I cannot be looking at her breasts. He's like, like he's like hard focusing on the board of like murders. Yeah, he's like, don't look at it. Okay. So here's the case. A year ago, victims and their vehicles disappeared from Washington State, and the victims were found in the woods in Ohio, in 
the woods in Idaho, but the cars were never found. Recently, Courtney Jacobs and Shane Everett were found in the woods, but no bullets. And they were out there for six to seven days before they were found. And someone was like, what were they doing out there? Like, until then, and Penelope's like, I don't want to know. <laughs> don't tell me. Don't tell me. No. So Penelope is going to look for missing persons reports in Washington State. And Gideon says that they need to know where they're from, because right now they only know where the bodies were found. Also, they show the board, like the cork board behind Reed, and there's just a piece of paper that says, hate, really big, and then a phone number. Like, like what is that? <laughs> um, just manifestations, just chill stuff. You know, <laughs> if you have hate, call this number. And then another thing I noticed that I really liked is behind Derek on the whiteboard. There's um, there's a description of a case that is not in the show. So it's oh like, really? Yeah, so it's like showing us that there are cases that we're not seeing. We're not seeing every single case. I like that. I dig it. Yeah, yeah so I like that. Anyway, the guy kills males and females. There's no sex. There's no torture. It's close range. And they're like, that's weird that he doesn't have a sexual preference. There's no sex about it. Didn't he just have a case that had like no sex involved? In Honor Among Thieves, yeah. But I guess that wasn't murder. No, no. In Fear and Loathing, the guy, he would record their voices and then just, like, kill them. And no sex at all. And they True. thought it was weird then. And here they're like, no sexual component. <laughs> weird. And I was like, you just had a case that had no sexual component. It all blurs together for them. But also, I feel like they got about the same depth as we did on the episode. So they were like, that guy's fucking weird. Wonder what his whole deal was. Anyway, like. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they only know about him for like five minutes at the end of the episode. It's true. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So the most recent guy that was killed, he had a broken nose. He ran into a tree and he had like scratches and bark. And Derek is like, how do you miss like a whole ass tree in front of you? Good question. He, good question. And Hotch says, well, he was too busy looking behind him, meaning that he was chased. And they talk about how he had no defensive wounds. Like, he literally ran out of one of his shoes. He was running so hard. And they say the only reason you run that hard is for your life. So, opening. True. I've made a note here. They've been doing better pacing for the pre-opening scenes recently. Yeah, I feel like they really kind of, like, hit their stride here at the end of the second season. Like, they finally figured yeah. it out. Yeah, I really like the, you know, we see the beginning of the case. We see a bit of a team. And then credits. Sometimes the briefing is before, sometimes after, but I, I think they end up sticking to that format. Yeah, they do. This yeah. feels more familiar to us yeah. because that's how they do it a lot of the times. That's mm -hmm. why season one and beginning of season two was so, like, hit or miss. Yeah, they really had no idea. And then with the Hinkle episodes, it was, like, 11 minutes yeah. before the opening credits, so. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're in their stride now. Okay. We're on the plane. No wheels up. No wheels up. 
Yeah. Just so disappointing. I know. So, okay, we're on the plane. The unsubs are transporting young fit victims from Washington to Idaho. So they're either doing that with fear or with trickery. And we Can find I just out- say, before mm-hmm. we get further into it, they are transporting victims from Spokane, Washington, down to Boise National Forest in Idaho. Yeah. That's like a seven to eight hour drive. There are much closer forests to Spokane. Like, Spokane is like in the middle of the right side of Wa- or the right side of Washington State, right? Like it's mm-hmm. kind of it's kind of right there in the middle. Boise National Forest is way the fuck down. That's like it's closer to like Oregon than it is to Washington. Like it's at the bottom part of Idaho. I think one of the things that's really weird to me is so they grew up going to Boise National Park and that's why they hunt there. Mm-hmm. But their auto shop is in Spokane, Washington. Yeah, like, it's just, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, there's other forests, like... There's Mount Kootenai, Kootenai National Forest is in that panhandle part of Idaho, which, like, would have made sense. I mean, or there's fucking... even national parks in Washington. Washington State. I know, I don't think Rainier is the name of it, but... Mount Rainier in Wa- is in Washington, but it's, like, pretty far away. It's just, it's just, it's one of those things where, like, it doesn't, like, super matter at all, but Boise, I feel like they just picked Boise National Forest because it had the name recognition, and they didn't care about the fact that it's, like, seven hours away from Spokane. It's so, uh, Olympic National Park. Oh, yeah, there's, there are three national parks in Washington State. Olympic National Park, Mount Rainier, and the North Cascades, all of which they could have gone to i mean at least stay in state it's so weird to me that they did they ever make a deal about how like they didn't link the cases because it crossed state lines or anything or did they not mention it at all because that is what i assume happened here i i would assume that's what happened here too but no what they talk about is that they went they're looking for missing persons cases in Washington state because that's where everyone went missing and they know that they went missing on um highway 2 route 2 uh in near Spokane and then they know the bodies were found in Boise Idaho so i think the reason they finally linked them is this guy Alex Harrison who just died was found in Boise but yeah. we know that he lived in Spokane and his father had put in a missing persons report for him. So when he did that and they did the dental records, they found him and they connected it. But they're not... I think it's like they keep finding people in Boise who live in Washington State and that's how they yeah. know the connection. But they say it's been going on for like five years. I'm surprised surprised that they hadn't gotten called in sooner because it's been going on for a long time since like 1980 it's weird to me that they i guess 
my best guess is they chose the Boise National Forest because they could clear it with legal and because it had the name recognition of being an Idaho forest. I guess. But Instead why, like, why of... Idaho? Also that too. Like, I don't know. It just, when I, I, I like, I was like, I don't think Boise is up in the top part of Idaho near Washington. So I like looked on Google Maps and Boise's like, pretty near the bottom of the state and Washington is like only barely touches the panhandle for like a little bit you know what I mean like it's just silly to me I think also what's odd is if they wanted Boise National Forest why do they only take them from Spokane why not like take them from Montana or Oregon or Missoula or or Montana or yeah it's just odd that they were like no it is spokane where the auto shop is to boise where they used to go hunting but it's like their which is uncle again would, like a seven hour drive their uncle drives them eight hours to go hunting all the time enough to teach them this it's just it's you'd have to close the auto shop for days you know you don't make that round trip in a day you do not so i don't know that's just really yeah, it's odd. It's it's a very niche geography nitpick, but sometimes you know you just need to have them. We have also, them the there's time. a forest. There's a forest right next to Spokane called the Idaho Panhandle National Forest. Why did you not just put it in the Panhandle? In the Panhandle, you know, like why? It's got the state name in it. Exactly. That's weird. That's completely wild. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. No, that's a good point. So we find out that 100 people go missing in Idaho forests each year and a third of them are never found. Seems high. Seems high. Seems that's like kind of high. 33 people are like never found every year. Okay. Kind of terrible. Yeah. Emily tells a story about her grandfather, right, who retired in the French Alps. He didn't come down from the mountain for 10 years. He had no running water, no electricity, lived off the land completely. And then JJ's like, oh, did you spend a lot of time there? And Emily says, every time we were in France, which was a lot. Liar. Which, like, I guess, but I don't know. Also, though, here's a little, um, I'm going to keep it vague because of spoilers for Emily. But think of where she picks the city she picks oh yeah 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 oh that just made me sad though i was like damn you probably spent a lot of time there you know it so well okay yeah penelope calls there have been 10 missing persons in the last five years in their mid-20s they always go missing in spring and their cars are never recovered the most recent victim, which is Alex Harrison, was identified through dental records. He's from Washington, traveling to Spokane, and others who went missing were near Spokane when they were missing. There are four major roadways. Okay, Gideon's looking at this big map, and when Garcia starts naming roadways, he says two at the same time she does. And I was like, that's cute. Anyway. Very, Emily- very dad activity right there. Truly. Emily is the one who asks, were there any police reports or roadside assistance calls made, you know, before those people went missing? And Penelope's like, you know, you'll know when I know. 
Gideon's going to go to Idaho and goes, the woods is like your second home, right, Prentice? And she's like, yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Liar. Liar. She literally is like, doesn't know how to track. Doesn't, she's still wearing her like leather boots. She doesn't even have her hair in a ponytail. She's like, wow, you can tell there's a bear close by. Girl, I thought you grew up in the woods. You said <laughs> You said you years, grew up in the woods. Ten years worth of visits to the fucking woods and you can't like I don't know tie your Figure hair. Figure it up. out. Like yeah. come on. That was funny. Anyway. Uh and then Gideon's like read or Derek says Derek says, Reed, you go to Spokane, I'm going to Idaho. I want some fresh air. <laughs> And it was just, like, the weirdest, like, <laughs> reasoning. Like, Reed, you get the office. Go. I'm not going to make you go outside. You're welcome. I like that they... Derek was like, actually, Emily needs some time away from Reed. <laughs> like, I'm doing this for you, Reed, but mainly because I don't want Emily to murder you in the woods and leave you there. So, like, you get to go in today. It would have been so fucking funny to see Reed try and like trapeze through the woods. It would have been really fucking funny. Yeah, he would have been so unhelpful though. Okay. In Washington, they're in Deer Park, Washington. Police station. JJ, Reed, and Derek are there. So I guess they're looking at the board that the police put together and JJ's like unpacking files. Yeah. It's just like, I like that they showed us like right when they arrived, you know, and kind of like JJ has to get all the files out of the boxes and lay them all out for everyone and like <laughs> make copies. Fun. Like, yeah. Yeah. They talk about the victims. They say the only thing in common with the victims is that they're all in their mid 20s. They were all traveling to Spokane and they all have broken bones. And they each had two puncture wounds with soft, clean tissue damage. Definitely not bullets, because bullets, like, expand in your body, which is terrifying to think about. And whatever it is, though, goes straight through the body, which is super weird. Sheriff Brandon Schaefer comes in. And JJ's like, hey, everyone. This is Brandon Schaefer. I also noticed the energy not the same as with Will. This man made JJ, like, uncomfortable. She was like, here he is, the sheriff. And then with the bill, she's like, hi, oh, wow. Like, OMG, you're the detective? So wow, funny. That's so funny. Um, do you want to get a drink later? Or this guy, she's like, shut up, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. So JJ follows Schaefer to his office. And he's basically like, the sheriff before me just retired after 30 years. So... That's what I'm replacing. I'm very nervous. He's like, brand new sheriff. And she's going to go with him to notify the most recent family. Alex Harrison's dad. In Boise, Derek is wearing his tiny sunglasses and his leather jacket. His tiny sunglasses are so funny to me. So stupid. They're so dumb. And Emily's like not even wearing sunglasses. He's the only one wearing sunglasses, and they're, like, the size of, like, fair tickets. Yeah. Terrible. 
the ranger shows up and the ranger like immediately goes to Emily Prentice and is like, hi, Ranger Evans. Nice to meet you. <laughs> and then it's like, we have to get moving though because we have to be out of here by nightfall. So I really like this scene and this is where we're going to talk about the sad thing. So basically, JJ and Schaefer go to this man's house. This is the first time I think we see JJ like going to notify the family. She yeah. starts, it like becomes part of her job after this. But I think this was a really good way to like show us that she's been doing this. She's like giving him tips. She says, you know, ask them to sit. She says she once had a woman faint and hit her head. And then JJ had to tell her again in the hospital that her family had died. And she just goes, that wasn't fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then she says, you know, denial's the first emotion, so you're going to have to explain to them how you know it's them, how you know they're dead. And she says, you know, allow yourself to show emotion. It'll validate how they're feeling. And the police officer says, first rule on the police force, Agent Giroux, no crying. And she, like, makes this face that's like, okay, big man. I like it because yeah. they show that and then it just cuts to him crying. Yeah, yeah. literally. Yeah. So she has this whole thing. She teaches him. So... They go to the dad's house. And the dad right away is like, is this about Alex? What do you know? And they're like, we found your son. And they're like, so he's okay. And JJ's like, he was dead. That's how we found him. Because Schaefer just says, we found your son. Not like Schaefer really bungles this one. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Poor guy. And the dad's like, no, that's not true. How could you know? Blah, blah, blah. And Schaefer says, when you filed the missing persons report, you gave us access to his dental records. So then the dad is like bargaining and is like, please, God, I'd do anything to get him back. And they're comforting him. And Schaefer says they're investigating it as a homicide. And they have some questions. And the dad tells them he was a, the son was a football player, strong with great instincts. But after college, he wanted a job. He didn't just want to be known as a dumb jock. And then he's like crying. He's like, I'm going to call you know, the son's mother, my ex-wife, and JJ's like, we'll stay with you until she arrives. I just want to say what I always think about in this scene. JJ was the one who found her sister dead when she was 11, uh-huh. which means JJ had to go and notify her parents. And um, so I uh-huh. always think about how, like, now her job is notifying families and she says she likes being the one to comfort them. She likes being there for them. And it's like, because she knows uh-huh. exactly how it feels. Like at one point the dad says, you know, this is terrible. You know, this is terrible. And JJ's like, I know. Like, I understand. And it's just so sad. And I think about that, like, every time I watch her notify someone, I'm like, does she think about how her first notification was like her own sister's suicide to her parents. Why do you gotta make me sad, bro? What the fuck? This is a lighthearted episode about Emily fucking a park ranger. <laughs> Damn. Sorry. I'm sorry. I make you laugh with the beep beep, and then I made you cry with the uh, suicide. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say, wow, you really bungled the end of that. <laughs> yeah. You really cried, huh? Okay, well, right. So anyway, that's sad. Think about that from now on. Okay. <laughs> Suffer like I do. 
think about it. Yeah. So, Emily and Derek are with the ranger again, and Emily is just looking at this woman like, God, you're hot. And I was like, we know you like jocks, Emily. But like, we get it. You have a type. <laughs> keep it together. <laughs> okay. And Derek asks the ranger, you know, does growing up in the area help you with the job? And Ranger Edwards is like, do you hear anything? And they're both like, no. And she's like, there's a bear nearby. Okay. It cuts to the worst B-roll of a bear. Like, the camera quality changes. The lighting changes. It is so clearly some, like, nature documentary bullshit. For sure, for sure, for sure. Every time she's like, there's a bear over there, and it just cuts to, like, the (laughs) worst. terrible footage. And then back to them, and they're all like, wow, we definitely see it. (laughs) She's like, okay. (laughs) It's not good. It's not good, besties. Yeah. And then Emily says, how long before we're able to do that? And the ranger says, depends on how well you use your instincts. <laughs> Lots of talk about instincts and hunting skills. <laughs> okay. They talk about the area. It's remote. They need to know this area. They need to practice survivor skills. They see two people's tracks. And Alex Harrison's body was found in a low spot. So clearly the two men were up on a hill looking down you know i've got the high ground etc and they're hunters they cover for each other they take out their prey and there's always two wounds they say one for each offender which is not true there's not two true. wounds because you always double tap first rule of zombie land First rule of Zombieland, right, exactly. Of course. You know, we all know it from the classic film, Zombieland. (laughs) It's a good movie. Okay. Gideon is in the town. He's walking into, like, a... He's in, like, a hunting area, I guess. And he sees, like, a dead deer in the back of a truck. And then this boy just starts talking to him. And is like, oh, you think he looks bad? You should have seen the driver. He needed 10 stitches. So, like, the steel wasn't even killed by a hunter. It was just hit by a car. And then the boy's like, oh, I bet you like hunting bears. And Gideon's like, actually, I prefer picking up my meat from a grocery store. And the guy's just like, oh, you're one of those. And he's like, you better hurry up. All the groups are filling up. It's going to get busy because the three days hunting season starts. You know, the area in Boise was written about in a travel magazine. So now it's, like, super busy. And mm-hmm. he, like, Gideon asks, what do you use to hunt? And he points at, like, a board of posters. And it's like, I like these compound bows. Shotguns are messy. I use these bows. And then once again, Gideon just goes, compound bow. And just walks away. Once again. And this kid I- is just like, okay, fine. Fuck, I guess. <laughs> Gideon is, like, the king of repeat one word, ditch. Why? Away. And I, I'm just like, why did you come to this place? You haven't done the business you arrived to do. Why did we need to see the dead deer if it wasn't even hunted? hunted. What's, what's, maybe it's supposed to be like implying that a lot of cars get hurt 
by running into deer, so there's a lot of need for towing. Mm-hmm. But they don't make it clear where Gideon is. Maybe he's at like an auto shop. Ask, gonna but ask he's Ryan. not. He's at a. He's at like a. He's like at a like hunting. a hunting supply store for sure. Yeah, it's just so. It's unclear where he is. They, I don't know. I think they're implying that like there's a lot of ways for cars to need to call for help, like getting hit I by guess. a deer, and then we get the information about like the bow, which is not great. So then Gideon calls Hotch, and it's like, would it be possible to be an arrow? And then reads us a whole bunch of nonsense, and then like, yeah, it's possible. <laughs> so they realize the people are being caught in Washington and then taken to the woods to be hunted like wild animals. Can I also just say, mm-hmm. with all this hunting stuff, yeah, maybe it's different in Idaho than it is where I'm from, but bow hunting season is always like later. It's always like in the fall, I think. Even though this episode happens in the spring. Yeah, this episode happens in late March. Early April. Is it a different season for bow versus guns? Yes. Yes, it is. I believe bow hunting seasons are always pretty late. Sorry. It's just, that's just something that I'll, like, that's not something that, like, really like matters to me but it's something that like i grew up in iowa i grew up around a lot of hunters like i always heard when the seasons were starting Mm. they don't expect anyone to know that (laughs) even though (laughs) most of the people who watched criminal minds were probably people who grew up in the middle of nowhere doing hunting you know what i mean (laughs) yeah okay we see a red Mustang driving down Highway 2 near Spokane, like three miles. And the woman is inside, Bobby. And her car battery is dying. Her car name is Ruby. Which is it's fun. Red. Yeah. She calls an auto shop and she's like, hey, I called you before, but this time my battery is really dead. And then a tow truck pulls up and she's like, oh, okay. And the car just like drops because there's no signal. And the two guys from earlier get out of the towing truck and i think immediately we're like oh shit this is how they get them okay she has already called an auto shop and the Mm -hmm. towing truck finds her she comes over and she like they lean into the windows and she sees she has no service and she like starts getting ready to freak out and i'm like isn't this best case scenario like but also no bad vibes they have bad vibes. The fact that there's one on both sides of the car is what gives me the worst vibes. Also, just like the the matter in which they speak and act and lean in. Yeah. Terrible vibes. I would be freaking out if I was her too. She has a perfectly normal reaction. Bobby? Bobby's my bitch this episode, by the way. Oh She's, She's my girl. So she yeah. has like final girl in a horror movie energy the whole time she has final girl energy for sure and this is no exception because this scenario is bad it's bad tow truck drivers they work alone usually when you call a tow truck it's one dude who shows up the fact that there's two and they are on both sides of her car and the guy on the passenger side like leans in and slaps down no 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 the second guy's scaring her, I was like, oh shit. Not today. 
Not today, Satan. Not today. Okay. She, we know she's in trouble, obviously. Next, we go back to the Deer Park, Washington police station. Schaefer is like, I started looking up hunting license. And Peter's like, okay, calm down. We need to narrow like the pool of people first. They're going to get the profile. I thought profiles were for excluding people, not including people. <laughs> okay, here's the profile. This was the longest profile. They I, really like took their time here. They gave us so many facts. Okay. It's two offenders in good physical condition. They're a killing team. There's one weak and one strong. No sexual interest because they're either prepubescent or related. If they're related, they're going to have an us for stem mentality and an unbreakable bond. These men show no mercy and they like watching people die slowly. For the last five springs, they've been killing, so clearly they wait until spring. They pick smart adults who are in a moment of weakness and they're seasoned hunters, so they use compound bows because it's precise and it's challenging. They're trophy hunters, so they like to keep the cars and they are the ones who pick who, how, why, and when to have the best possible sport. And they hunt humans. It's also... I think them using a bow is really interesting, actually. Not only for the fact that it's challenging, but also on, like, a... on, like, a serial killer level. Like, they're less regulated than guns. And they're quiet. Yeah. Like, again, just as somebody who sort of like grew up on the outskirts of hunting culture, like bows aren't regulated. Like they don't like you don't get kept. They don't keep track of like ammo or like registration numbers, really. Like I was just going to say, it probably saves a lot of money because you can reuse arrows. Also that too. A good arrow, you can use it multiple times. Yeah, there's no risk of starting a fire in the forest, you know. True. Conserve the environment. Also, yeah, also again, it's really like it's quiet. It's Which, also like would be would be more of a boon if you were in tighter quarters in the forest, but still them not being able to regulate position at all based on gunshot is really good. Yeah, and also I think it's easier to train with it you just need one you know target and you can use the same arrow a million times you know even i know how to shoot a compound bow me too i learned in gym class like i learned at summer camp is that weird (laughs) do they still do that they do we had archery in summer camp i love archery. i just learned at um i learned in gym class and then also I learned on like a 4-H retreat. Of course you did. Were you in 4-H? Dude, I was on the fucking like county council for 4-H. You're so rural. What a rural gay. At least I wasn't in fucking FAA. Future Farmers of America? Yep. (laughs) At least I wasn't in FFA. I guess so. I feel like you forget that, like, 
My high school class was like a hundred. Jesus Christ. I live in like a v- again, I come from a very rural area. I took a humanities class my senior year that literally had forty five people in it. Half that would have been half of my class. class. That's bonkers bananas to me. Sorry, we've had we had very different experiences growing up. <laughs> Yeah, wow, okay. (laughs) Oh, right, and yet we both ended up here. And yet (laughs) here we are, talking about... Yay, internet. Criminal minds. Okay. Also, right after Gideon says, use every hunter's instinct in your body, Emily and the ranger make eye contact. I put pictures in the document. Because okay. of course you did. Of course you did. <laughs> it's so gay. Okay. Penelope calls, and they say, calls like JJ and said, you know, they say they need a list of hunting stores in Spokane. Oh, calls Hodge, and then JJ brings a blonde woman in, and it's Bobby's sister, and she's like, Bobby's missing. You know, I heard about the trend of the missing women and their cars. So I came in, you know, she was coming to visit me. It's my fault because I asked her to come visit me. And JJ just says, it isn't your fault. It's not your fault. I get it. And JJ's like, let's go get some air and takes her outside. And Schaefer's like, how do you even know it's related? She's only been missing for one night. And they're like, we can't like wait around and, you know, hope it's not. And besides, it fits the pattern perfectly. So then we get cut to ranger emily gideon and Derek, and the ranger's like it's only been three days since the last kill why why are they speeding up so much and they say it's almost hunting season and more people are going to show up so they need to get the last of their you know human hunting in and evan makes a call for roadblocks that never comes up again okay and then we see the Yeah, brothers. she makes a really big deal about like if you can tell me what they drive, my guys can find them. Yeah. Never comes up. I mean, it makes sense like to do that, but it never comes back up. We see the brothers driving. Bobby's in the back of the pickup, like drugged, tied up, no idea what's going on. They stop in the forest, pull her out of the truck, free her, and she's like trying to hit them and she's like screaming and they're just like literally laughing and they're like yeah get it all out like get amped and they show her the bow and arrows and they're like go on go run so she runs she has again like i said final girl energy the whole time big final girl energy big final girl energy yeah okay so then we find out that bobby's last two calls were to 911 which feels incorrect they were to like a towing service but i guess maybe she tried to call 911 after we saw her and it just never connected is what i assume what happened i'd I'd assume she would get i mean 911 doesn't keep records of like dropped calls like that also she had no signal they wouldn't even have connected yeah i don't fucking know maybe she's in the back of the truck trying to call i don't know dude i don't know whatever there's no record of oh the police went out to find the car but the car was gone they didn't find anyone there's no record of any like noticing anything so weird 
Okay. Spooky. Wow. Ranger Evans is like, hey, this park is 3 million acres. What are the odds we run into them? And then they talk about how they must have blinds built into the tree, which I think means like clearings where they can see out really far from a hill. So like maybe they cut down some trees or put some holes. Do you not know what a hunting blind is? No idea. It's a little basically like a portable tree house. Oh. Like you put it up in the trees and then you just sit there and wait for prey to pass you by. Oh, I know what that is. I didn't know. Yeah, it was that's a hunting blind. blind. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know it had like. You name, were like... so like. You did. I want everybody. I want God and everyone to know that you did full on like hunting blinds with like air quotes. <laughs> like. <laughs> Sorry. I'm. <laughs> I'm not a. I'm not a forest gal yet. <laughs> I'm working on it. I will be a forest girly, but right now, not so much. <laughs> Okay. Bobby runs into a campsite. Immediately on a guy and a girl go down. Arrowing into them. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh shit. And then there's a guy, a girl, and Bobby. They go running. And while they're panicking, the younger brother's like, I'm gonna shoot him. And the older brother's like, no, 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 let them run. Now it's fun. And you're like, oh, well. The guy of the couple wants to leave Bobby. The guy's like, she showed up and two of us died ASAP Rocky. But the other woman, being another woman, is like, no. We can't leave her alone in the middle of the woods while men are chasing her. What the fuck is wrong with you? This is such a good little moment that Mm -hmm. ladies, we stick together! Women protecting women, 100%. This man wants to up and leave her as she is being chased by evil hunters through the forest. My guy? What? Yeah. Like? Absolutely not. And he's like, she's like, this is what happened. He's like, that's your story. And like, I get it. Like, listen. I get it. You're, You're stressed. You saw two of your best friends just get shot. This woman looks fucking insane, and I get it. But also... She, like, still has the ropes, like, around her wrist. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I would... I would call someone or do something. It's just such a... Do you remember we talked about, we talk about this every so often, but a while back, I remember one of the first good conversations we had on this podcast was about how the victims are always, like, they're not treated like victims, like, they're always trying to get out of the situation, and they're treated with, like, respect here. This seems like, this guy is, like, a typical crime show victim, but this other lady, she's a criminal minds. Well, she You know what I mean? She does die. She does die, but, <laughs> but again, yeah, she they're trying to fight back. Like, yeah, yeah. I just, I love this little moment. This is such like a, a. It's just so good. Yeah, I do really like. I mean, that's one of my favorite things about Criminal Minds. Is like most of the time, it's like there's still someone to save. We're not exactly. too late. We can make it. We can save someone. And then when they don't. 
that's when it, they get really sad, you know? So it's like, I like this. And I like that she is like, fuck no, dude. <laughs> Absolutely not. You're not killing me. No. <laughs> it's just so... Yeah. So... Garcia calls Hotch and is like, there are three stores outside of Spokane that sell the exact arrows that would have been used. I don't... I don't know how they know what arrows. They know the diameter of the hole, and that's it. And that they're for compound bows. So, are there only three stores outside of Spokane that sell arrows for compound bows? Are they not just the same arrows as regular bows? I don't know. That's odd to me. Whatever. And she's like, before you ask, I already sent you the info. Great. Hodge and Reed go to the store, one of the hunting stores, and they don't have any records unless they buy with credit cards. But they ask the woman in charge like about repeat customers, and they say we're looking for two men, possibly related. One does all the talking, and the other is uncomfortable, especially when being talked to by a woman. And she described these two brothers that have been coming for years. They bought supplies just a few days ago, and their uncle was a quiet man, but he passed away. And she doesn't have any records, but she remembers that the last name is Mulford, and the uncle was Joe Mulford. So Reed calls Garcia for information, and she says that Joe Mulford was convicted of assault and battery, and he had a service station that went to the boys, located on Highway 2, near where the victims went missing. So... The ranger and Emily are talking, and the ranger's like, it's dark, we have to stop for the night. And Emily's like, I hope Bobby found a safe place. And then we see Bobby and the other two people huddling for warmth, and they're, like, trying to stay calm and quiet. And the brothers are, like, right there watching them, but they decide to wait for first light. And the older brother says it's more fun when they're not expecting it. Ooh. Also, the other woman's name, according to IMDb, is Heather. Heather. My bestie, Heather. Oh, Heather. My bestie. Now, yeah. Okay, now it's morning. There's a missing person's report. There's a couple missing, and they didn't check in in the morning again. They... Um... It's snowing... Which doesn't feel super weird, but this is the only scene where it's It's snowing. what? It's, it's snowing. snowing? I don't even remember that. I only know because it falls on Emily's hair and her hair's fucking black. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, there's snow in Emily's hair. Yeah. I mean, it's up in the mountains. You know, it's only March. But it's just weird it happens for like one scene. Anyway. Oh, and they're saying, you know... They probably the brothers probably like now that there's more victims because it's more challenging. So Reed and Hotch go to the garage with Schaefer. It's not open yet, and they're like, "What a coincidence!" And it's like, "It's not going to open." The brothers are out hunting. <laughs> they're eight hours away right now, so sorry. They look around the building, and then Reed like flips back a tarp, and there's Bobby's car. The other team finds the bodies of the two campers. Well, they find the two campers' stuff. 
and all of the supplies have been dumped or shredded Mm -hmm. because the brothers wanted to make it worthless. And then Emily is like, oh, there's some blood over here by this tree. And she's standing there and they're like looking around like, okay, they could have stood there. They could have stood there. But the bodies are missing. That's so weird. And then blood drips on Emily's head. And she's like, what is that? And then she looks up. God, I love this shot. This shot is so B-horror movie. She looks looks up, pale skin, dark hair, big dark eyes. And then the red just hits her cheek. And it's like, oh no, what is up there? And then they see them hanging by their ankles, high, high up in the trees, dripping blood. Ugh. Emily, oh. Emily is not freaked out enough by the blood on her face. I, I mean, okay, we know Emily's, you know, she can steal herself. Like a <laughs> right? Yeah. She's, she's cool. She's cool. She's used to the bloody whatever. But I would be like, oh no, I need to go get tested for a bunch of shit. I need to go get all my blood tests done now like for sure i mean it didn't she didn't have any open wounds but like that's your face pores that is your face yeah i would still i would still go get blood put them anyway okay then the ranger is like why ranger evans is like why would they attack this couple bodies already running and Gideon says, you know, Bobby probably bent her voices for help. And this is where the ranger says, if you find out what car they're driving, I'll find them. And it's like... Never comes up. Never comes up again. Also, they're driving a tow truck, so like... Also, they already know who they are, so like... Whatever. <laughs> okay. So then we see Bobby and Heather and Shitty Guy. And Shitty Guy does get he does rip get he does get got (laughs) he does get got though yeah and bobby and the other woman and heather are like holding him and and bobby's like we have to go we have to go she takes the guy's pocket knife and heather's like i won't leave him and the guy's like go go so they leave and the brothers are like laughing at how sad they are yeah 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 and the younger brother's like okay time to kill bobby and the older brother's like nah it's too easy let him run off and then we'll get him and it's like that's your downfall, dude. Like there were this guy, this older brother had like five chances to kill Bobby, and every time he was like, "It's more fun to chase." And then Bobby does stab both of them to death. <laughs> Final girl shit. Final girl shit for real. Truly. Okay. Hot and the others are at the garage. The brothers had a police scanner, so that's how they knew if someone was like calling for help. Uh, and then JJ and Reed find more victims' cars in shipping containers. And there are a bunch of shipping containers. So they're like, oh shit, there's a lot of victims. Um, back to the forest. Oh, Derek is doing tracking. He's like, okay, there's three sets of footsteps, but I lose them in the pine needles. And Rangers Evan- Ranger Evans is like, they pick up over here. Let's go. Uh just funny they're just on their little shit <laughs> on their hike on their tracking shit yeah <laughs> literally on their tracking shit i love it so much <laughs> yeah so 
Hotch, JJ, and Reed go into the brothers' house. They make it seem like they live connected to the auto shop. I think that's what it is. It's messy. There's like deer and bear skins and shit on the wall. And then Reed opens a cabinet and there are a bunch of driver's license on the inside of the cabinet. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh shit. But the first one goes back to like 1980, which is before the two boys were even born. So the uncle started this and then he taught the boys and we learned that the boys were orphaned as toddlers. The uncle raised them totally off the grid, didn't go to school. They only literally only knew each other. The uncle was a war vet, drafted at 18, and then discharged for hearing voices. That does not come up again. <laughs> nope. And then there's a picture of the boys with the Boise, Indiana, the Boise, Idaho sign, National Park sign. So it's like, okay, they have been doing this their whole lives. Great. So then Bobby stops running. And she's like, this is part of the game. If we want run, it gives them what they want. They want to be chasing. I'm not going to run anymore. We're going to fight back. So then the, yeah. So then Poor the girl shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then the boys, the two guys, find a piece of her sweater on like a branch. And they're like, we're tracking her. Um, but she's like hiding behind a tree with like her knife. She's like, I'm going to fucking kill them. When did she get a knife? She Can I just it, ask? No, yeah, yeah. She took it from the dead dude. Oh, okay. They, they show wow. her. Wow. She like takes it off his belt. Yeah. He's All like right, lying sure. there dying. Heather's holding him and is like, my husband, he's dying. And and Bobby's like, knife, mine. Yours. Out of my way, gay boy. I'm about to get it. And she grabs the knife. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So she's like, they are behind the tree with her knife. The brothers are looking around. She Heather throws something to like make them look away. And then she starts getting out of her hiding. And Bobby's like, no, no. Uh, and then the younger brother does shoot her. This moment is the most egregious of the like, swing, yeah. like, bomb, there's an error. It's like, the it's the sound effects. The filming of it isn't even terrible. Well, it's like they shoot. And then we get like a blur motion that I guess is like the arrow going very fast. And then it's just like, thunk, it's in her chest. (laughs) The sounds make it terrible. And they always do it from this like right on angle where you can just see the arrow like come through the chest. And it's just like, why? They're they're trying to make it look like she, they just got hit because they always like arch their back. They're always like, thunk, you know? But, like, just let them get hit, and then let me turn and see that they have an arrow. Like, you don't have to try and fail to make it look like they're getting shot on camera. Like, it's not going to work. You know, whatever. Oh, yeah. So she's dead. Heather. Poor Heather. Bye, bestie Heather. Bye, bestie. I loved you. Uh, Love Bobby, you. Bobby jumps out of her hiding spot and just stabs the younger brother a bunch in the stomach. And then just, like, bolts. And the other brother, the older brother, hears the younger one crying, and Bobby's just like watching, watching from the woods. Uh, and then Gideon or Derek calls Gideon and is like, "Hey, look over there!" And they look, and there's smoke. So they're like, "Oh shit, let's Ooh. let's go to the smoke." Great. So the older brother is like 
trying to care for the younger one. He's like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I'm going to go kill Bobby and then I'll be back and we'll get you help. And Bobby's just like running around and yelling. <laughs> yeah. She's, She's like, like, come on and fucking fight me, coward. Like yeah. she got a knife and she immediately went to work yeah she's literally like you're a fucking coward like she got a knife and was like come at me also though they definitely put these scenes like out of order because we see the smoke and then we see the brother like holding the younger one and then the next time they go there there's like a fire next to him and it was like when did this when did this happen like, I thought the fire was going to be, like, Bestie Bobby doing smoke signals, but then it's just next to this younger brother. So, like, was it the older brother being, like, someone will find you and help you? Like, what? <laughs> I don't I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Bobby is literally, like, come and face me, you coward. <laughs> we love Bobby here. We love Bobby in this house, for sure. Yeah. I love that bitch. Hell yeah. So then... Gideon, Emily, Ranger Evans, and Derek go to the fire. There's a man laying there. They're like, oh, it could be a camper. Um, we need to get out of here. We need to go uh, find Bobby. And then they find the murdered woman, and they're like, oh, damn. Meanwhile, Bobby is like, that's a big tree. I'm going to climb it. And she climbs up in the tree, and she, she, she is the blind. She's doing the <laughs> hunting blind thing. <laughs> You learned what a hunting blind is, and now you're too powerful. <laughs> Am I wrong? She's up in the tree waiting for the prey to walk below. I mean, that's not exactly what a hunting blind is. She's just sort of, like, in a tree. But, like, yeah, yeah, she's got the spirit. She's got the spirit. She's got the vibes. And I'm proud of her for that. Oh, yeah, bestie Bobby. Okay, Gideon goes back to the younger brother. Oh no, Gideon is like, it's super weird. He was stabbed, not shot with an arrow. So like, this doesn't seem to be the same, whatever. And then Gideon goes to the brother and it's like, hey, don't worry. We're going to find the guy who, you know, stabbed you. And we're going to shoot him on sight. We're just going to kill that guy a lot. <laughs> you know, and the younger brother's like, no, wait, no. That's my bro. Don't <laughs> shoot like, wait, him, Wait, hold on, don't shoot him. He's all I have, you know. And Gideon's just like trying to get information. Emily is fully making the shock Pikachu face. Emily just like huh. Emily is like, what is happening on this damn mountain? Like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's like, what are the vibes of this mountain? They are so <laughs> off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so this okay. The younger brother can barely speak. But then Gideon, like, goes over to Emily and Derek. It's like, yeah, he told me his brother was half a mile due east. And I'm like, he was in no condition to be so specific. No condition. This man has blood pouring out of his mouth. Yeah. Anyway. The older brother walks under Bobby. Okay. She jumps out of this tree onto him. And the sound effect is like an eagle screeching. Excuse me? Yeah. She jumps down and it's just like, Kah! it's like, what? There's, she is an eagle at this point in time. I just like, in Ashes Emotionally, and Dust. she is an eagle. 
she's, please, she stands, please support she, her. She's in her animorphs phase. She is an eagle. She stands for freedom in the American way. <laughs> Jumping out of trees to stop killers. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. But like in Ashes and Dust, they had that fucking like tiger growl every time the guy attacked. And now it's like a fucking eagle screeching like stop with the animal sound effects why is this what we've latched onto it's just i don't like it <laughs> i don't like it either but it's really funny yeah. it does yeah. make me laugh every time so you yeah. know it's very funny okay bobby just starts fucking stabbing the steward in the back she's going hog wild and we love her for it he gets up she runs away, you know, he runs after her. He, like, shoots and misses, so she ducks behind a tree. And then she just, like, looks over and Emily is there. And Emily, like, holds a hand up, like, shh, stay there. And I was like, Bobby has when no idea. Bobby has no idea anyone's looking for her. She doesn't know there's FBI agents. Emily isn't visibly, like, any sort of agent. So Bobby is just like, stop, 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 I'm running. Oh, God, I almost got hit by the arrow. <gasps> it's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen, and she has a gun. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, uh, gay shutdown. <laughs> Bobby.exe has stopped working. Am I dead? I see an angel. Like, yeah. <laughs> so Derek is there and he's like, drop your weapon. The brother like goes to shoot another shot. So Derek shoots. Okay, I love this. Derek shoots him in the back and you can see the stuffing come out of his jacket. Yeah. I was like, hell yeah. That's an effect I can get behind. Hell yeah. Good choices. Okay. And then the other younger brother's crying because he heard the gunshots. Mm -hmm. Emily and Derek look the older brother over. He has no weapon. But the two brothers are like saying each other's names. And then Bobby like is like, hey, is he dead? And Emily just goes, soon. (laughs) Like Emily is... Because their whole thing, right? The brother's whole thing was that they leave them to die and they don't show mercy. They watch them die slowly. So Emily is just standing there watching this guy die. Like, Yeah, like... Okay, girly. But then Bobby's like, is he dead? And Emily just goes, soon. So Bobby goes over and it's like, how could they do this? And Emily says, they don't think like you and me. And then Bobby looks him in the face and is like, you lost, you son of a bitch. <laughs> she looks him in the eyes and says, "By the way, fuck you." Actually, my, fuck you. My face will be the last one you see. Fuck you. Like, uh, and and uh, this happens next episode too. Next episode's legacy. Oh my god! Yeah. Uh huh. The woman does the same thing. The woman's like, "I'm gonna look that motherfucker in his eyes." Yeah. Oh, and I, I love, love that they let them yes. look those yes. motherfuckers in the eyes. Yes. And then the guy dies. And then he passes away. Thank yeah, you. and then Emily and Bobby just like walk away together. <laughs> Gideon is clearly like sympathetic isn't the right word but he definitely is like upset that these two young men had such a life you know, had a life that led them to this point. Like I don't think he's gonna like you know I wish they hadn't died or whatever. Maybe he is, but he's clearly like, you know, regretful. He, 
he's like very soft when he closes Johnny's eyes. It was like a really soft moment. I was like, what is going on right now? Because you yeah. hard cut from Bobby being like, fuck you, I fucking won, to like Gideon softly closing this man's eyes. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of like, you know, in two episodes, Gideon walks away. And yeah, this could be read as like the start of his like kind of breaking point. Not even the start. I think he's been, you know, this latter half of the season has been hard for him. So yeah. I, I think that he is just tired of seeing like young people do bad things and then die. Because last episode was ashes and dust when that guy got shot. Yeah. You know? He's just fucking tired. Okay. Then we're on the plane. Emily's having her first, like, <laughs> crisis. <laughs> She's, like, disassociating out the window. And Derek's like, hey, are you okay? You look sad. And Emily's like, Bobby's question really got to me, you know, because, like, we hunt these killers every day, you know, we think like them, what makes us different from them? Um, okay, okay, here's, a, here's my, the episode's done. Here's my mm -hmm. thoughts on this. This Emily question comes up time and time again. Emily is forever being like, we have to think like these killers. We hunt people, we kill people. Like, what makes us the good guys, you know? And I, I like that Emily is you know struggles with her morals especially when you find out like what her past is i like that she's always like what makes us good you know yeah but it's also kind of cut and dry isn't it like they're doing murders <laughs> also one it comes out of nowhere <laughs> It does kind of come out of nowhere. She doesn't even, we don't even see her like struggling during the episode. So literally it's, she's like, we got him. Cool. Saved the girl. Great. Are we the bad guys? It's like, Emily, what? Like, <laughs> Emily was so hyper-focused on having gay sex during this episode. And now <laughs> she's on the plane and she's like, this is an unfortunate come down. Huh. Literally. Maybe she's like, we're the bad guys. Like, girl did not get her like post-sex cuddle in and so now she's like i don't know what to do with my life really like emily, emily has sub drop yeah. it's like huh <laughs> wow like, i hate myself we're the bad Fuck. guys like, yeah i i understand and i appreciate that they are trying to make the criminal minds characters have this like emotional depth and struggle with what they do yeah however i think we would all agree you're the good guys because you stopped the murders. I know we're very like, it's just so, I know you're trying to be deep besties. Also, you do Emily, stop murders. Emily didn't even kill anyone with the plane. Like, she didn't. If, she pulled the trigger. If she was the one who had to shoot like the younger brother, then like, Okay, sure. You hunted him down and you killed him. Maybe it has to do. I just, I could see it being like she, her standing there and watching that guy die and being like, I did what he does. But objectively, no. One, you didn't shoot him. Two, you saved, you were saving Bobby. Three, this is your job. You don't do this like 
for fun on a volunteer basis. Yeah. I don't know. It's just odd that this is her struggle. And again, it makes sense what you know with all this stuff she's done. But it's, I'm still like, what? Yeah. I don't know. I think they wanted to like differentiate her struggle from Elle's struggle. Because Elle's whole thing was like, when do we get to have a life? Like, when do we get to be our own people? And I don't think they wanted to give Emily like the exact same struggle so i think emily's is like <laughs> you know i'm also mentally ill i'm also yeah. sad i also have depth guys yeah but it's like she's like i'm mentally ill i'm sad i'm lonely i have parental issues i've made some shitty choices and now i spend my time thinking like serial killers to either shoot them or lock them away forever how am i any different but like she doesn't say that. <laughs> That's not what she says. What she says is, we have to think like killers in order to catch them. Are we the bad guys? And it's like, objectively, no. Like, it sucks that you're like a fancy cop, but like, I don't think you're like the bad. You're not the same as a serial killer, necessarily. It's just so like, are we the bad guys for catching the bad guys? No. no. No, you're not. Like, sorry, no. Like, you're not the bad guys for killing the bad guys, guys. Yeah. It's, it's just... It's a weird one. It's just so bonkers to me. Yeah. It's not great. Okay. She looks real hot, though. <laughs> she looks so hot while having this existential crisis, and honestly... The most important part of having an existential crisis is looking fine while doing it. Yeah, and I like that Derek is the one that goes to her. I'm pretty sure everybody everyone... else on this plane is like knocked the fuck out. Oh my like, God. okay, hold on. Gideon hold on. is You're... sleeping Thank like you. a fucking psychopath. Thank what you. is he doing? For... Thank you for bringing this up. I forgot. So Gideon is asleep on his back on the couch. He one is arm just... over. I can't say anything, though, because I do kind of sleep like that. And then Hotch is on his side with his arms crossed. And I used to make fun of him. (laughs) I used to make fun of him for sleeping with his arms crossed until I realized I fucking go to sleep with my arms crossed on my side like that. Like, that's how I sleep. And I can't make fun of him. I'm not in a suit. I'm not in a full suit. Like, bestie, take your blazer off. But... Oh my god. Yeah, and then Reed is, like, doing some sort of, like, looking at some magazine and JJ is like, half asleep yeah she's like barely awake she's just like hanging out like (laughs) they're all just like very tired also though so here's my question notice how they were all on the plane together and now they're all on the plane together and how we talked about that eight hour drive did they plane hop up back to and then go did the plane yeah, I... stop in Idaho, drop three of them off, and then fly to Washington? Or did, here's the other fun option, Gideon, Emily, <laughs> and either, either Gideon, Emily, and Derek drove from Spokane to Boise National <laughs> Park, or JJ, Hotch, and Reed road tripped from Idaho to Spokane. 
both good options and they had to do it twice. Both fun options for sure, for sure, for sure. Either Hotch and the kids that like almost dated but didn't, or Gideon with the like buy for buy besties. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Either way, you know that like Gideon is Gideon, Gideon always drives, right? He can't stand not driving, right? No, he doesn't usually drive. Oh, that's unfortunate. Because I was going to be like, man, you know Derek and Emily were like scrolling through Grindr on Derek's phone. Just like, <laughs> just like chilling, you know? No, I like, here's what I think. I think Derek is driving. Emily's in the passenger seat, like fucking with the radio. She's like supposed to be giving him directions and is not. They're, like, talking about girls and stuff. And then Gideon is just in the back with, like, his map open, pretending he does not exist. Pretending Gideon, he does not hear them. Yeah. Gideon is like, I'm not going to stop you from having a good time, but I would like to not be included in this good time, if you wouldn't mind. Please. <laughs> Don't look at me. I'm mind-palacing while y'all are talking about, like, Oh, you accidentally slept with the same girl because you both only pick up chicks from Ziggy's. <laughs> like, so funny. Okay. I'm done. <laughs> this is a good up. I enjoy this no, episode. No, I do too. I do too. They I didn't say what's up. They didn't say open season. They didn't say open season. I'm very upset. Scale of 1 to 10, Jaybird. What are we giving it? Or what are you well, giving it? Well, I'll give it a 7. That that one scene, a 10. The rest of it, a 7. <laughs> I'm going to give it a 7. I really do like this episode. I think it's well paced. The episode itself is well done. The effects are corny and it makes me laugh. <laughs> I'm going to give it an 8. Do it. Hey, fun fact. For the first yeah. time all season, uh, our average rankings are the exact same. Oh. Both of us have given the season a 6.88 thus far. Really? Uh-huh. That's not as high as I would have expected. I know. I'm also a little bit surprised by how low this is right now. This For... is one of my favorite seasons of the whole show. That's so weird. Maybe we'll go back. Here's the thing. It's my favorite. It's by far, I think, our highest like ranking per episode. But like, there are some ones that like went real down. Like, That's true. We both gave Fear and Loathing a two. Like That drags our shit down a lot. You know what I mean? That's fair. So like, I think overall our are like so I do our rankings by like I just do the average of my rankings then the average of your rankings and then I do um, I also give our average ranking for each episode that includes any guest rankings so that I think might turn out to be a little bit higher than like our individual average rankings it's just there's like a two in here. There's like a three in my column. There's a few fours in yours. But yeah. overall, we give a lot of the episodes very high rankings. It's just that that 
fear and loathing really drags it down. Yeah. I know that legacy is going to be high. Legacy is going to be really high because that episode does make me so anxious. <laughs> yeah. And I honestly, Dance Dance Evolution is going to be pretty high. I don't know if Dance Dance Evolution is going to be really low or really high for me. It's going to be one of the, <laughs> it's not going to fall in the middle. It's going to be one of the two is the thing. It's, it's, uh, it's an episode, you know? It's certainly an episode. Yeah. And speaking of episodes, this one's done. This one's done. Next time on Wheels Up, we are looking at Season 2, Episode 22, Legacy. Mm-hmm. We've been working towards this episode all season. Like, I know Dance Dance Evolution is, like, here and it's fun and it's cool and we have a fun name for it. <laughs> but, like... Legacy is the thing in season two for me. It's it's like the episode. And I can't wait to watch it next time on Wheels Up. Until then, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, whatever, at Wheels Up Pod. You can also, if you want to, email us. If you have any corrections for earlier episodes, send us an email at Wheels Up Pod at, or Wheels oh. Up at BrightCrownMedia.com. We do have a correction for the music because you fucked up. Yeah, that's you fucked up my big time. Bad. Twice. Okay, so in season two, episode four, I say that Ali and AJ sang the cover of Our Lips Are Sealed. It was actually Hillary and Haley Duff. So that's I think Ali and AJ did. No, they sing didn't. a cover of that though, right? No, it was Hillary and Haley Duff. It was the other siblings, blonde sisters, who the younger one was a famous actress and the older one wasn't, and they were a musical duo. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And, and then, then there was one other one, right? Yeah. In the song from whatever the James Bond movie was, it was like, we only got four minutes to save the world. Uh, I said that Rihanna sang it. It's fucking Madonna. So that's my bad <laughs> on both of those. But shout out to Mel for the update and the correction. <laughs> that's my beat. Yeah. That's it. That's it. We're done. You can correct us either by leaving us voice memos on Anchor or emailing us or just yelling at us on Twitter. Either way, all methods of communication are viable. If you just want to like yell into a field, I'll probably hear it. Go for it. Right. Scream into the night. Yeah, exactly. Speak into the corn like a microphone and it will find me. (laughs) It'll find me somewhere. If you (laughs) yell at a corn stalker in a field, they'll tell me. They'll tell me what's up. James, do you have an ending quote for me? I do. Hey, B. You're the man. (laughs) (laughs) That was really Hotch like trying to be funny and... Uh, Penelope was like no no you're the man goodbye and then just like hung up like he was really trying and she was like I'm charmed by this but